Welcome to another episode of How Nigeria Works. But doesn't. My name is Sandra. I'm Andy. And together we bring you fresh episodes of this amazing podcast, if I do say so myself. She does. Let me apologize on behalf of Andy. He has a cough, and which means his throat sounds very husky and sexy today. So why are you apologizing for that? Which also means he's going to be coughing a lot mid conversation so let's profusely apologize for that he's on medication unfortunately for him they've banned codeine in nigeria she's making me sound like a drug addict <laughs> i wish i said that I... no i'm saying that because um the only kinds of cough medication he can take are suppressants no expectorants expectorants thank you for trying to kill me <laughs> yes, yes I, i'm allergic to cough suppressants yeah. yes, they make my throat collapse yeah. and uh, yes my podcast partner is trying to give me a suppressant a jibota diseases eh? just all these people all these, all, these, all these children of the world anyways so um, on this edition of our podcast we will be talking about something a little different from what we usually discuss on the podcast so a few months ago um, Andy and I read 29 single and nigerian um we also incidentally happen to be in the same book club so we read this book and some parts of the book inspired um this episode we were reading the, the story of this girl whose name i can't remember right now it was that bad a book in my I opinion i barely remember the book at all yeah <laughs> It was so bad. But hey, you might like it. If you are a Nollywood, if you're a lover of Nollywood movies, you, you might like it. I'm a lover of Nollywood movies and I did not like the book. Um, moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> anywho, anywho, so the main character in the book at some point in her life had to live with an aunt when she was between 9 and um, 13. And it was a very terrible experience. She told um, us stories about how her aunt made her sleep in the kitchen, even though there was a perfectly um, big bedroom for her to sleep in. She told us about how her auntie made her sell buff buff. She told us about how her auntie gave her crappy food, how um, the only food she was allowed to eat were the mixed soups. So her auntie would mix soups together and make her eat the leftover, leftover soups and mix it together. And that was what she had to keep eating until the food was finished. Well, well the aunt was making fresh food for her own son and yes. herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also read about how this same aunt um, would... Um, um, do interesting things like count how many puff puffs she has and if, if one is missing um, she gets into trouble for it and you know because the child knows that the puff puff is counted she obviously won't touch it so um, we read that book and I'm like hmm Andy you know what would be a great episode a, a, a child protection episode you know talk about child slavery modern day slavery in Nigeria and he's like yeah that would be great so on this episode let's talk to you about how child protection in nigeria doesn't work (coughs) so let's let's start from the beginning who a child is now a child is anyone who is below 18 and anybody who's below 18 deserves 
um, protection from the state and from their parents. In Nigeria, though, something pretty unique happens, maybe because of culture, maybe because of who we are, but something very interesting happens and um, children are not treated the way they should be treated. So on this episode, we will talk about the rights that children have the rights they have as Nigerians. We'll talk about the threats that they face that demand that they have these rights so that it can protect them. We'll talk about the influence of culture on um, our protection of these children. And we will also try to give some insight as to why Perhaps eventually we'll find out if child protection works, you know, in the course of this podcast. It doesn't. <laughs> so we will talk about um, why that doesn't happen. You know, what what the structure that's been set up is so that it doesn't work, even though we have all these fancy laws that should make it work. So um, we'll start off by telling you that uh, in 2003, Nigeria adopted the Child Rights Act. Now, it's um, a law that was incorporated as a result of the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. And for the first time, that act provided a comprehensive framework for preventing and responding to violence, abuse, neglect, and exploitation of children. That's right. Yes. Uh, it's, It's interesting the amount of time that went by because... Essentially, that 2003 law mm-hmm. is set up to reflect the principles in the United Nations Charter on the Rights of Children, mm-hmm. which was which was signed in 1989. That's right. So, from 1989 to 2003, Nigeria was supposed to have done something to create a set of laws and you know that enshrine these rights for children, mm. but it wasn't really done. Not in any comprehensive, you know, way. Mm. Not in any organized systemic way mm-hmm. one or two things here and there mm-hmm. up until 2003 mm-hmm. then of course the problem with that is even post 2003 you have the national laws but a lot of the time these things come down to the states mm-hmm. okay when it comes to protection in terms of you know security for children mm-hmm. of course we all know that police are in charge of that, that and, and police are federal but when it comes to issues like education mm-hmm. Primary and secondary education predominantly belongs to the states and mm-hmm. the local governments. That's right. So you need state laws on the on the books for these issues, and so the fact that up until now not all the states have domesticated these it's problematic. It is. Yeah. It is, and it shows that we still have a long way to go. Mm. Yeah, and so but yeah, the, the UN Charter uh, on the Rights of Children was was like we said in 1989. And it's, I mean, it's nothing like revolutionary, you know, in the internet. I mean, it's very commonsensical Mm -hmm. if you look at it, the the kind of rights, the right to be alive, Mm -hmm. you know, the right to have a name, Mm -hmm. the right to have an identity that is known by the government, by which the government can find them, Mm -hmm. the right to education, the right to protection from harm, Mm -hmm. the right to protection from labor that interferes with their health, Mm -hmm. with their life, and with their education. And the right to remuneration payment when they work. Mm. Um, that is very watered down from what initially it was supposed to be. Mm. Children are not supposed to be allowed to work, p- 
period. Yeah, but the older they get, so when they're 16, 17, That's 18, right. because don't forget that I started this by telling you that a child is anyone, anyone under 18. 18. Mm. So yes, there's that overlap, you know, in the between the late teens mm. and the threshold into adulthood. Mm. Yeah, you, you have the right to choose their own religion. Mm -hmm. Tell that to our parents <laughs> who even in our 30s will tell us what religion we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hitler. Yes. <laughs> You are a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, yes. Right to, right to choose your own friends and free association. Mm -hmm. Right to be raised by their parents. Right, right to not be kidnapped, not to be trafficked. There's a whole variety of them. Even, uh, even um, things as controversial as mutilating them, they have a right to not be mutilated. That's right. Like it's their, their genitals, yeah. To respect their body. It's their body, yes. Yeah. So yeah, because that's the thing. Because the, the the thing is that in Nigeria, mom will tell you, "I gave birth to you. I can kill you when I want." Yes. My mother has said that to me a number of times, even though I'm a good kid. So imagine what she says to my siblings. Oh. Show her the UN Charter. <laughs> She'll tear it and make me eat it. <laughs> <laughs> UN is mad. Did the UN carry you for nine months? Yeah. Did you suck the US breast? Yeah, yeah, you do. Would you say that the the National Children's Rights Act does a fair job of capturing what's in the UN Charter? Um, it does, I guess. It does capture its spirit. Especially because our act basically has four categories. Okay. So there's the child survival, development, protection, and participation okay so um the survival requires good nutrition healthcare systems to reduce child mortality and morbidity and then the development provision um requires that there'll be like a provision of recreational facilities affordable education and then of course protection against physical and psychological and moral injury mm. and then the children's right to special protection if there's a war or if there's forced migration as is the case with idps and then of course there's participation in the decision making process so if you look at that Sorry, what yes exactly Sorry, hold on you're, you're Nigerian law allows for children to participate in decision-making process. Yes. Decision. What type of decision that will exactly? move the country forward? That type of decision, like that, will better you and I. That type of decision. So, so again, I always say that we always have the right ideas. The only decision I ever had was <laughs> whether to pick pin with my right hand or my left. That was up to me. Well, when you became a teenager, it got easier, didn't it? Uh, when so, I became so, a teenager, the decision was now um, whether they will conk me on the left side or the right side of my head. Well, as we can see, regardless of all of these good intentions, um, child survival remains a problem. It's a miracle that Andy made it to this point. So I would like to say um, thank you, gods, for um, ensuring that even though Nigeria is set up to kill people like Andy, he did not die. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Aside Andy, though, child survival remains a problem in Nigeria because you have one in every 15 Nigerian child dying before they reach age one. And you have one in every eight dying uh, before his or her fifth birthday. And then, of course, you have six out of 10 Nigerian children um, facing violence 
or some sort of um, abuse before they are 18, either physical or sexual or emotional abuse of violence before they're 18. And these are this year's stats, mm. meaning that in spite of our Child Rights Act being passed in 2003, mm-hmm. 15 years later, it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget that um, under this, we still have people who, we still have children who are um, malnourished, who are underweight. And I'm not even talking about the children who are in IDP camps. I'm talking about regular children who are living within their families. So it's, on the one hand, yay, great. We have a child, child rights act. On the other hand, uh, not so yay, because just like every other thing that is supposed to work in Nigeria, it doesn't work. It doesn't. And you, what we often find, and in my work in policy, you see this all the time, mm. you have these laws passed, very noble, mm. and the laws usually follow the international template mm-hmm. because, you know, the UN or whichever organ of the UN mm-hmm. has pushed this particular agenda, mm-hmm. creates a template, mm-hmm. and then all these signatory countries we go and we copy the template and we use it to pass laws, mm-hmm. and the laws are beautiful. But now when it's time for implementation, we also end up having, we write very good policy documents. Yes, we do. And now, okay, time to implement those policy mm. documents. We write very good work plans. <laughs> All right, fine. Time to execute the work plans. Mm-hmm. K-leg. And the K-leg is usually, it, it's, it's, a, it's a number of things. Mm. So, like, for instance, when it comes down to things, like we're talking about child protection mm-hmm. now, when we talk about, you know, areas like okay children have right to an education yes great you say that on paper but what does that mean that means that the state has to build enough schools to to house all the children house all the children and not just build schools train enough teachers teachers. and not just employ teachers um provide you know all the materials needed for all that that's money that's investment that's seriousness that's monitoring and evaluation and the Nigerian state fails at these things mm. for a variety of reasons. Mm. Some of it is corruption. Mm. Some of it is incompetence. Some of it is... I think it covered both. It's corruption and incompetence. Yeah, and then also devil. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you look at other African nations. Um, I, I can't... Yeah, you, they suck too I can't. At, at this stuff. They do? Yeah, With child them. protection? Yeah, see... See, the African... You grew up in Uganda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the child protection was not great in Uganda either. Okay. Uh, I think... Well, then again, I guess you could also give them an excuse. Mm. Uh, when when I moved there, they had just come out of their decade-long civil war. Mm. So... What year was that? I moved there in 1990. Oh, and that was the year that... Um, the African Union Assembly of Heads of States and Governments adopted an African Union Charter on the Rights and Welfare of the Child. Yes. Yeah. The, the African Union, or as it was called at the time, the mm. Organization of African Unity, mm. has produced so many wonderful documents that are currently <laughs> gathering dust in Addis Ababa. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, like a place like Uganda. Uganda, the, the, the incidence of child rape was very high. Mm. all throughout the time I lived there. Mm. And Uganda had happened to have a very high HIV infection rate. That's right. And it became... It became... Uh, there was something of a, 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 a myth, an urban legend, mm. 
you know, a folk tale or an old wives' tale mm-hmm. that um, sex with a child would cure HIV. Yeah, that's true. And it's also here. It became also, quite rampant. Also, that myth is prevalent here now as well. Yes. I don't know if it's now, but well, we're hearing more and more reports of older men sleeping with uh, young women. Well, no, don't say sleeping, raping, raping children, children because. Um, it could cure them of HIV. Yes. So these are the kind of atrocious things you hear. Which is ridiculous if you think about it. Like, it's such a... Like, it doesn't even make sense from a logical... But maybe I'm speaking from a place of privilege. You know, I'm educated and I use my head. You know, so perhaps that's where I'm speaking and from. And not evil. Also yeah. that, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of that because you have a lot... What you're right, you know, because well, anyway, part of what education does mm. is it um, reduces the evil in you. And <laughs> makes you, you know, more amenable to living in a civilized society. Society, that's right. And education in Nigeria has failed systematically for the last three decades. So again, good intentions, but um, if, if the education is crap, how do you ensure that the children are getting the quality education they deserve? Exactly. Mm. So the children can't even get into schools. Then the state, even when there are schools, the state doesn't even have the capacity to ensure that the children are going into the schools. Mm. Like, you know, in so, in so many rural areas, you have like, you know, with UBE, mm-hmm. Universal Basic Education, mm-hmm. you have free education available in some places. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, first of all, remember, remember we, 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 we discussed earlier on that mm. the one of the rights, the UN Charter guarantees the right to an identity, That's right. that every child should have an identity that the state is aware of, mm-hmm. by which the state can, can specifically identify that child mm-hmm. and trace that child. What that is meant to do is to allow the state to find out that for this particular child, hi, little Sandra. Are you in school? Are you in a home where you are being protected, where you're being fed, where you're being clothed, where you're not being put to work? You know, that's what that's... The state is supposed to act as the monitor mm. of all the people who are supposed to be providing and protecting the rights of the child. Mm. But if the state does not even know the child exists, mm. how can the state monitor that? Does the state know that you exist? You're a grown-up. The man. state barely knows it, it exists itself. <laughs> It's a little sad because Nigeria has the highest number of out-of-school children. Um, as at um, last year, I think, or was it this year? 10.5 million children. 10.5 million. That's that's sad. Even though primary school enrollment has increased in recent years, yeah. there's attendance up about like 70%, but we still have 10.5 million children. And I'm sure that number is not even very accurate mm. out of school because, you mm. know, uh, um, let's forget, let's not forget that there are children whose families think that they're going to go and live with somebody and go to school and those children are not going to school. Right. I'm wondering if they're captured in this 10.5 million, you know, but it's also really interesting that 60% of these children who are not in school are in Northern Nigeria. And and guess the states that haven't adopted the Child Rights Act. They're all in northern Nigeria. Exactly. All across Nigeria, hmm. we have cultural problems that are hindering child protection. Hmm. But those cultural problems are accentuated in northern Nigeria. Hmm. We've seen it in various ways, from resistance to ch- childhood vaccination, mm-hmm. to resistance to the idea of, of ending so-called child marriage Mm -hmm. which i prefer to call by what it really is Mm -hmm. child rape disguised as marriage Mm -hmm. legitimized child rape disguised as marriage Mm -hmm. and you know the list goes on uh 
you also have a denial of formal education mm-hmm. you know replaced instead with the Almagiri system yes and other forms of quasi-religious education mm-hmm. which while I do not see anything wrong in religious education of children mm-hmm. it should not be as a substitute for formal education that gives those children literacy numeracy and the basic skills that make them competitive in the workforce of workforce of the society in which they are going to grow up it's it's a good thing that you you mentioned that last part because i was i was going to say i mean who's to say that they are not literate i mean they're learning they're, they're learning arabic yeah arabic is not the official language of nigeria mm. and so if those those children are going to have to compete for jobs in nigeria mm. not in you know Riyadh mm. in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need to learn languages, um, sorry, read, read and write in the language of work in Nigeria, the which inter- is English. The interesting thing is this spirals. So what you find is by the time these these children become adults, you, you find people who are pulling strings to get them jobs that they are not qualified for or the bar for them is set really low so that they can compete and then what that also does is reinforce the idea that well, education is not that important anyway. Yeah. And yeah, but so it, it, the, the list goes on. We have a child protection in Nigeria depends so heavily on the state that the general state failure in Nigeria is really killing our children. Mm. And we need to be aware of that that our like our children are have nobody to fight for them. Looking out for them. Mm. And our, our culture doesn't help. Mm. We have all these problems in, in our culture and we, are, we look at children. Mm. Uh, we have this issue where uh, something, I guess it's one of those things that I was sheltered from as a, as a, as a child, mm-hmm. but it's, it, you you know, when you're now, well, like we discussed, like, well, child marriage, mm. you know, this is, these were things I didn't hear about, but mm. now they're using it. It's happening. Yeah. And, and people, were, people were fighting to put down laws you know, criminalizing it, and people were fighting to keep the age of marriage down at thirteen and fourteen. It's and crazy this stuff. was happening here in the twenty first century. But I mean, you're talking about that happening in the north. How about in the southeast, where we have um, children who are be- who were- who are being used to settle the debts of their fathers? Yes. So, did you watch that BBC documentary of? Um, the the community this community called Becheva in the south in, in southeast Nigeria where you have young women who young young girls who basically if their fathers were owing debts they would be married off or sold off to the debtors and um, the the child the girl basically becomes his property to do with that as he likes as he pleases basically we're still still acting like we're in the Stone Age <laughs> like the last like mil- three or four five millennia of history didn't take place yeah then uh, yeah, we have other things like the child child labor we turned domestic work mm. into the, into work, the work for children mm. you have a situation where somebody in the village wants a better life for their children mm. so they meet their cousin mm. or somebody a relative most mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. all the time mm. who's in the city mm-hmm. and they're like, okay Will you train my child? Say yes. I'll send your child to school. I'll pay for your child's education. Mm-hmm. Come, your child come and stay with me. Mm. And yeah, my child, your child will help me around the house, mm-hmm. and I will send your send child, your to, child school. to school. Mm. And the child comes and ends up being basically 
doing the work of you would normally pay uh, like domestic staff for. To do, that's right. Yes. And they're doing it without pay. They're doing it without breaks. They're doing it without days off. Mm-hmm. They're doing it without the treatment that would be meted out to a child. Mm-hmm. They're not being given the same treatment as the children. As your children, yes. as the, we see in that book that I started this story with. That's right. Uh, they are not, um, oftentimes, they're not sent to school, which was mm-hmm. the reason why they're there in the first place. That's right. And people are doing that to their relatives. People also do that to children who are not their relatives. Mm-hmm. So many people will say, oh, yeah, we're, we're just about to, we just had our first child. Oh, we'll go and look for a girl from the village or from a village somewhere. To help. And there are particular states that are more, that are... are, are have are, better people. Yes, in quotes. Yeah. They, people who are better suited, suited to serve. That. Yes. For that kind of work. Mm. And it's... It's essentially slavery. Mm. Yes, it is. It, it, it's a slavery. It is. Which which was why it was a little ridiculous when um, Nigerians found out that a lot of Nigerians were in Libya, mm-hmm. being were slaves in Libya, and then there was all this outrage, and it it, it led to an interesting conversation online. Anyways, you know, um, I even had the conversation on my show, and I began to ask people, "Yeah, sure, what's happening in Libya is terrible, but um, how about what's happening right here?" Do you have a slave in your house? That's right. Like, no, eh, no, I treat her good. I treat him good. He's like one of the kids. Um, um, he's, he's just taking care of the children the way an older sibling would take care of the children. Which then brings me to the next issue, Andy. Is the way we treat these children rooted in the way the African homes are run. Let me talk about Nigerian homes where a lot of the times the first child is a co-parent. No. It's not really rooted in that at all. Does it have its history in that, baby? No. Which is why we don't have any qualms with bringing another child to mind our children and do the house chores. I wouldn't say that because the first child still gets to eat the same food that her junior siblings eat. So maybe it's a, it's a, it's it's that it's the same model but a downgrade. Uh, but it's not a downgrade by degrees; it's a downgrade by category. Hmm. It, it's it's treating. It's basically people trying to have, in quotes, the best of both worlds, hmm. where. You don't have to give this person the special treatment you would give a child, mm. but you don't have to also give them the payment you would have to give an, an employee. Yes, mm. an adult employee. Mm. So they are almost a non person. Okay, they don't fit in either category. Um, Andy, this conversation has been had several times, mm-hmm. and the one argument that um, cuts across, mm. even the 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 staunchest can I say staunchest staunchiest the most staunch most staunch the staunchest <laughs> yeah that the ill staunch those people mm-hmm. um the the, the, the baba yes mm. activists that mm. you can find mm-hmm. you know they are very all about rights and mm. all about the right way and the right things you find even those people making arguments for having underage people in their house minding the children then shame on them hmm hold on so uh, my question is 
do they have a bit of a point? I mean, if they're no. treat, hold on. If they no, if no, underage, minor, not a worker in your home. If they're treating, if you who has them in your house mm-hmm. is treating them right, if their parents cannot afford to give no, them, first an of all, let's define treating them right. Because they're going to school. They have a bed to sleep on. They're being fed food they dress nice are they doing the same category of work as your children sometimes uh, you know generally mm, huh no then no i can't category then no are they subjected to the same category of discipline as your children some in some homes generally no then no we can't use a general brush. There are people who are good. No, no, no. What I'm saying, no, no what I'm saying is this: I'm, I'm giving the checklists. Okay. Are you a slave owner? <laughs> are you an enslaver of children? So here is. Are you a trafficker of children? Yes. Because don't forget, there there are special people who bring these people. Yes. For them. Uh, oh yes. Ah, your wife don't born. I know. I know one woman. She they bring girls from. That's a trafficker. That's a trafficker. Mm. That's a trafficker. Mm. And we actually have an agency whose job is to be catching these people. Mm. The Nigerian Agency for the Prote- um, for the Prevention of of Trafficking um, Trafficking Persons, mm. um, NAPTIP. Mm. And you know, NAPTIP gives a lot of great conferences <laughs> and great sound bites. And they're actually also doing quite a bit of work mm. i read the papers and i see once in a while naptip has caught somebody mm. but see this economy mm. of trafficking minors mm. from villages in the middle belt and villages in the south in the, in the southeast and the south south and south south is so rampant and it's booming and it's so ubiquitous mm. that an agency like naptip has to come to me and justify its existence hmm. because their job is to make sure that that economy doesn't exist. Hmm. Like, I, I bet you that of the, let, let's say, half of the Nigerian numbers on my phone right mm-hmm. now, if I were to call them and I ask them, oh, do you know somebody who can bring a, a girl to mind a child? They will, within, they will say either yes or just I'll give me a minute out and they will come back with somebody. So, like, so the whole society our, is complicit. Oh, yes, our culture is fine with it. Our, some of our cultures because were we, fine with killing twins. Hold on, because we also, we also have a service culture. Don't forget that. We have, we have, we have that system where you go and serve a master, and after a few years... Oh, you're talking now, you're talking as an Igbo woman. He settles hey, you. I'm from the Niger Delta, I'm from Okrika. We don't have that one. Not in the same way. Well, we do in our working houses. Yeah. But not the same way. But yes, yeah, see, that also exists. Mm. And But you see, first of all, Good first down. of all, there is a difference in the sense that while the, the apprentice, apprenticeship system mm-hmm. in the Southeast is not perfect... Mm-hmm. It's actually giving a job skill to the apprentice. Yeah. The apprentice is being trained to conduct commerce. Mm. And when the apprentice is of age, the the master of the apprentice will give the apprentice the capital to start their and business. the business links, the connections mm. to replicate that business, to start their own business. Mm. 
Now, the problem with the apprenticeship system mm-hmm. is that in that whole period, a lot of the time, the apprentice does not receive a formal education mm-hmm. because there's no guarantee that his business will work. Mm. So, and he's also sometimes subjected to physical con- conditions that do not tally with what we have decided are the rights for children. Mm-hmm. So, but you see, it's something that can be built on. And in some states, yes, in, in some states, some places in the East, they are building on it. They are finding ways to to target apprentices in markets with formal education. So bring school to them mm. since they can't come to school. Yeah. And, you know, different things that have been done. So that's something we worked on. But you cannot compare that to this domestic slavery that's all across the country. Mm. Those young boys and girls being put in homes mm-hmm. and being beaten and being forced to eat old soup are not being given any job skills for the future. That's right. They are given a formal education. That's right. They are still being tortured and beaten. Mm-hmm. Sometimes raped. And all at the end of the day will happen is eventually somebody will call them a witch and drive them away mm-hmm. or they die there or they come or they run away or they come of age and she's now of age and then they they call her back from the village that okay somebody has come to marry you mm. come you know so basically their childhood was taken from them yes and it, it was not used by them for something that would make their adulthood hopeful yeah and the fact that our society and our culture as a whole enables it enables it finds ways to justify it but is unconscionable uh, andy um if you're being treated right how about how about the, you know those underage people who are being treated like one of the family there are there are there are situations like that. Okay, you have the same same chores as the kids. You're not disciplined harsher than the fa- the child in the house would be disciplined. Same. How about those people? Then those are basically foster children, or stepchildren, mm. or adoptive children. Mm. That's a different situation. If the child in your home mm-hmm. is being given the same rights as rights your as your child, children, mm-hmm. the same. The same freedoms. Freedoms. They get playtime. They sit in the living room and watch TV with the rest of the family. If they're in the same chore spectrum, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, you know, the older kid will always have more chores than the younger kid, mm-hmm. or, or rather heavier chores. Mm-hmm. Although I was the last born, and I ended up having a lot more chores. You're than the last I. born. It's yours. So it's everybody your, sends your me the, yes, they send you a message. Yeah. But yes, but then generally it was in the same category. Mm-hmm. So if that that child that you've brought into your home is in the same giving in the same category of chores as your mm-hmm. kids it's being given the same types of punishments mm-hmm. as your kids mm-hmm. not the one situation where you put your kid on time out and mm-hmm. you beat the child with a, with a pestle mm-hmm. that's a different thing if that child is being given the same education as your kids mm-hmm. then we can what say, do you mean the same education as your kids as you send them to the same schools as my kids or send them to a school that is a little less expensive but still good well, if you send them to the school that's less expensive but still good, um, yeah, you've done right. Mm-hmm. I'm still side-eyeing you, mm-hmm. but you've done right mm-hmm. because you've given them an education. Mm. You've given them a better education than they would have gotten in their home. Mm. Yeah, so that's not a... I don't think that's a moral line that's been crossed. Mm. Ethically, I'm twisting my mouth at it, but I'll unlock. Mm. I'll unlock. Mm. Yes, because, well... Well, that's where they be. Uh, but 
but definitely that child needs to be in school mm-hmm. and that child needs to be and then, oh, of course and this does not mean that it's very possible that you're maltreating that kid mm-hmm. and your kids yes there are parents who are like that too so there are parents who just overwork their kids look mm-hmm. them kids need to rest mm-hmm. those kids need to have toys to play with mm-hmm. they need to the help needs to have toys to play with the child is not the help this is true and they, they have to have free time to themselves. But here's the thing, Andy. Mm-hmm. When you bring that child, you're bringing that child as the help. Once you've done that, then you've, you, you have failed. Hmm. Andy, there will always be poor people. Hire an adult. What if I can't afford it? Then manage. The, that you can't afford it does I, not mean what if I you can't, should I can't afford, kidnap a child. I can't afford to pay an adult. But I have chores that need to be done and I have a job that means that I cannot get to them. What do I do? I would like to point out to the listening audience that Sandra is doing her prosecutor devil's advocate <laughs> thing. She doesn't actually why, why take really? these positions. Why, why really for me? What, what, who sent you? I am saving her getting dragged on Twitter <laughs> as normally happens when people can't read her. <laughs> No, but seriously, though, what happens then? Then what you're meant to do, it's it's like saying, um, okay, it's like saying, I have a new baby. Oh no, no, hold and on. And I can't afford help. This is like saying, um, I want to have sex, but women don't like me. So what am I going to do except rape them? Oh come on! No, this is the same thing. Because of your own shortcomings, mm-hmm. whatever they are, you decide to infringe on the rights of another human being. Huh. In this case, a child. If you can't afford to pay for domestic help, do the work yourself. Do the work yourself. Mm. But don't decide that free labor is the option. That's slavery. It is slavery. And and in some cases, in some cases, Andy, you have the child doing the work and the slave seller getting the money. Getting the money. Yes, that happens a lot. Getting paid. Getting paid. Yes, like like an employment service. Yeah. And that is just disgusting. Like, how are you oh. not disgusted? No, the, the things that happen, and as a society, we we have all these polite names for it, and mm. you know, and this this anytime I read about uh, about you know slavery in the United States, mm. you know, and how in the South, and you know, the South, Southern U.S. is very genteel. Mm. It, it, it has a it, it has a culture or it had a culture before the Civil War mm. that was very rooted in manners and you know etiquette mm-hmm. much like it, it tried to hug back to europe to britain and mm-hmm. you know and so you know and so how could they live with the cruelty of slavery mm. that was all around them mm. and they you know they would have these euphemisms and they called slavery our, our peculiar institution you know they they you know they see that they called it the peculiar institution like they didn't want to say what it was mm. they didn't want to call it what it was because that would mean Tell admitting what they were, mm. and that's the problem we have here in Nigeria. We don't want to call this thing what it is because that forces us to admit what we are. We are slave owners. That's a bit too strong, don't you? Think? No, I've actually, I've actually toned down what I wanted to say. Mm. <laughs> okay, so let's um, um, step away from the 
slaves in our houses for a bit yes. and take a look at and slave children mind you yes, children slave yes. children in our houses mm-hmm. and and take a look <coughs> at our children period mm-hmm. so we have children who are being emotionally psychologically physically abused by their parents and the state who is supposed to protect them is on looking unlike what is um, obtainable in other states in the world where the child knows that if my parents are not doing right by me I can talk to the state and the state can maybe help me find a new family what do we need to do how do we go from this point where we are a family matter to a point where the state says you know what enough you cannot call your own child a witch and go lock them up in some church where they're being whipped by some man who claims that he hears voices. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. The first problem is this attitude of na family matter. Mm. We are still approaching these things in From this a communal place. Yes. Like like when antiquity, <laughs> you know, where individuals But isn't that a way to hold on to our values? Yes, but some of our values were terrible, you know, and some of our values need to be let go of, you know. So, for instance, we have a situation where people are only that so, some issues, some your, some of your individual rights mm. that the state is meant to protect mm. end up getting end up falling in the cracks because oh, you're a member of a family, mm. and the state is afraid to step into the family and, and and judge and judge the family situation, mm. and who loses in that situation? The Women woman, and children. The woman because last last the man is head of the house so if a husband rapes a wife well that's family matters between them if the husband beats his wife it's not between them yes if a husband if a a husband or whichever one of the two domestic partners um that is the breadwinner you know inflicts financial abuse on the other spouse Mm. nobody will step in Mm. then if either of either or both of the parents decide to face the children Mm. that one is not anybody's business it's discipline spare the rod and spare the child so that's one problem then the second problem we have is as a culture we have refused to give children personhood yes we have Children are not people to Nigerians. And this is this is something that is actually even enshrined in the constitution. Constitutionally, they should actually be persons. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the next thing in the language Nigerians understand, which is religion. <laughs> may lightning not strike me. But Jesus said the Ten Commandments should be written in your heart. The Ten Commandments were written on stone on Mount Sinai, and Moses brought them down the mountain and said, "Here." And two, three thousand years later, the Jews just couldn't get it. Mm. And then Jesus came and said, "Okay, forget all those things written in stone. Fix your heart, mm. you know, and let it be in your heart first. Mm. See, that's the problem. The Constitution is just written in stone, brought down from Mount Sinai. Mm. It has nothing to do with what is in the heart of people. Mm. So the Constitution is telling us that, oh, you know." Everybody's equal, regardless of gender and tribe mm. and everybody. And a German is looking and saying, mm, "Me, I'm equal to a man, your father." You know, <laughs> the Constitution is telling us that children have these rights, and Nigeria is saying, hmm, "Picking where I'm born has rights in my house." You people are mad. You see, the Constitution is saying these things, mm-hmm. but the work has not been done to, to change. reorient people. That's right. Mm. 
that's the big problem we have. So we have all these lofty ideals enshrined in these our laws mm-hmm. and in that our constitution, mm-hmm. but we have not touched our culture, we have not touched our mindset, and the the uh, the, the the organizations, institutions mm-hmm. that can do that work. I've not even started thinking about doing that. About so you're saying we should eschew our culture? Look, culture is is not a, like it's it's culture is something that evolves. Mm. Culture is never set in stone. But then, I mean, you're you're basically advocating that our culture evolves to a point where we are more Western than African. Imagine but, giving children <laughs> rights. The horror. Yeah, imagine not killing twins. The horror. You always go to not killing twins. That's such an extreme. Well, it was happening. <laughs> I mean, not like we just invented it. Like, people were legit twins. No, you always go there. They say women don't kneel for men. You say, oh, killing twins. Come on. What? How's women not kneeling for men and killing twins on the same scale? It's not. It, it, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had an argument with someone at work and I'm still trying to recover from that argument. He enraged me so much. Because <laughs> I was making the same argument or oh, culture evolves, um, you mm-hmm. know, and he was like, no, some culture is set in stone. I was like, so we should still be killing twins. And he's like, no, that one was extreme. That one was terrible. That was murder. Mm-hmm. I was like, when you tell women what to do with their bodies and all of that stuff, you're killing them. You're killing their spirit. You're killing their ability to be, so no, that's not, that's, that's some grammar he's That's your smoking. Yeah. Smoking. <laughs> I don't know. So, so this conversation just reminded me. So I mean, his argument. <laughs> Whoever you are, sir, I hate you, <laughs> and I'll be coming for you. And that ain't it, chief. Oh, so okay. So recovering from that bizarre interlude. Uh, okay. What were we saying? I have no idea. What were we saying again? No, yeah, see, yeah, the culture has to change. Yeah. The culture has to change. Because here's the thing. The policeman who is meant to come in and protect the child mm. is steeped in that culture. Yes, he is. Don't listen to your parents. I will yes. flog you. Policeman will probably flog you, Join. Yes. <laughs> yes. He knows the law. He he may or may not know the law. He may or may not remember what he was taught. Mm. But when he's out there on the road, mm-hmm. in the field, mm-hmm. he goes by his his orientation, his, you know, his, his worldview yeah. and his worldview is shaped by, by the culture, the primary culture. That's right. You know, you've heard police people say this is a family affair. Oh yeah. Happened to me and a friend who was being battered by a boyfriend and I got involved and I called the police and the police said, Hey, madam, you know, listen, this matters. You know, what so, so boyfriend is family affair too. Uh, Ah, you know, family matter. No, they put mouth inside. They go still make up. Use your head, make up on top. And they were right. So now, policeman has turned to Peter Duce, giving you advice on 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 how to handle it instead of. Oh yeah. So that's it. Then we look at the churches hmm. or the religious institutions. Let me just say that. Let me hmm. leave it um, denomination neutral. Hmm. Religious organizations are also. They also one, complicit? yes, they're complicit because one, they also erase the personhood of children. Yes, they do. You know, sub, well, children submit to your parents, mm. but also children do not complain, do not speak. You know, and then when these issues come out, when 
even if it's beyond the, the family mm. when children are abused you know there's always this idea of let us keep everything quiet yes. and then there's also this idea of let us settle mm. you know you have you hear of cases where a child was raped mm. and then they've caught the the, the rapist mm. and then the rapist comes and settles the family mm. we hear and then they bring some elders some elders from the religious institutions some elders from the community mm. even the police mm. everybody sits down and says okay you know what yes what he did was bad but let this thing not let's go far mm. let's think about the girl's reputation or let's think about the boys right well, it, and, it, and yes, never happens to boys yes so, well, so yes I hear that's the other thing mm. they say oh let us think about the, ch- the child's reputation mm. and that was why like I, I'm, I'm having a whole thing on Twitter right now yeah. where um, you know because a child was raped and this day reported it as a man defiled a child yeah. and I, I hate that they frame it like that, that was my point on Twitter that it's we disgusting. need to stop calling child rape defilement yeah. and people were coming out and telling me well that's the legal term look all you lawyers in Nigeria eh, see eh come to the 21st century please stop acting like this your law is a cult you people are part of the problem reason why Nigeria does not work because you people act like you're not allowed to think for yourself come for me Yes, Android O is my Twitter handle. Come okay. for me. Okay, yes, because I'm going to, we're going to have an episode very soon on how, why the Nigerian legal system doesn't work. Yeah. I'm coming for y'all. Oh, but wow. yeah, so yeah, a lot of lawyers on my timeline were here, were, were, were calling me an ignorant idiot because don't I know that defilement is the legal yeah, term for child rape? So I'm like, well, change the term, genius, because the term has an unfortunate implication. Mm. It, it makes people believe that the child is unclean. Mm. But what, what, what does defile mean? Defile means to render unclean. Mm. So what you're saying is that the act of raping a child has made that child unclean. Okay. Should, should the child be happy that the child is unclean? Should, and we already know that in our society, there is a stigma that people put on rape survivors so we should as a society be we who know better consciously consciously trying to work against that yes so phase it out use the right term yes use a use a term that is empowering for the survivor yes and and shame the rapist rapist. we're we're capable of doing it so and now we have two terms Mm. rape and defilement Mm. uh well why use the one that's specifically states that the survivor is it's, dirty. Yeah. Why use that one? Yeah. Change so Nigerian legal system, change the term. Until you change the term, you're part of the reason Nigeria doesn't work. <laughs> so that happens and um you, you, you try to do the right thing. You go to the police, you um you even have agencies like FIDA coming, the um international the Fed What's what's FIDA again? Uh, f- um, Federation des uh, Yeah, it's basically International Federation of Women Lawyers. Of women lawyers, yes. yes. Did you just go into French? I apologize. <laughs> Don't apologize. It's cute. Okay, so we we have agencies like FIDA and um, all the other women and child rights, women's rights and child rights um, agencies yes. come in and try to do the fighting. And then you have the families who should protect the child standing in the way of those agencies Mm -hmm. you have the police who should protect the child standing in the way of those agencies so what should we do going forward what's the answer what's the solution the solutions how can we get child protection to work 
takes cultural change. How it's where change it starts. It, well, it starts by, well, not calling rape defilement. But it, there's other things as well. The people like, in the village are not calling rape defilement. Yes, I know. But the people in the village still think that it's, 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 an, it's a shame on the, on, on the person that on was raped. Rape, yeah. And it's, sometimes it's the person's fault. Yes. And all these other things. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the religious institutions are the ones who teach them. The religious institutions, the traditional rulers, mm-hmm. um, the, the, uh, the nurses, mm-hmm. the traditional midwives. Mm-hmm. These are the people who... Com- who who command res- whose opinions command respect? Mm. These are the people who shape people's thoughts mm. and worldviews. Mm. And so, what needs to happen is those of us who are interested in changing these things for mm. the better mm. need to engage with those people more and educate them so that they can educate others. I saw this happen in Uganda while I was growing up mm-hmm. there. Um, I want to give a, a big shout out to one of my one of my big heroes in life, um, Madame Miriam Matembe, because she was a she was a minister in Uganda in those days mm-hmm. and she worked so hard on the issue of child rape and she was always on our TVs and almost every news every news at nine you would see that she had gone somewhere where there was a child rape and she had made sure that it wasn't being covered up under the you know that you know that thing of let peace reign uh, wasn't being done people were being arrested and she was going and she was basically she was acting like a one woman squad because the institutions and the culture Mm -hmm. just like they are here Mm -hmm. were not ready and but she kept on pressing and pressing and more people got on the train mm-hmm. over time with her mm-hmm. and that's what we need we need a few people initially mm-hmm. who are ready to do the hard work to do that hard work of pushing that gospel sensitizing it pushing more and more pe- more and more of the cultural influencers mm-hmm. once we get the ball rolling on on the cultural side mm-hmm. then we can start seeing it some changes on the institutional side mm. because this is the problem here this is not all the things that you can solve from the top down isn't it it's, i mean because well i mean we have we have 36 states and mm-hmm. we have 23 out of those states who have adopted the child rights mm-hmm. act so we have states like Sokoto, Adamawa, Bauchi, Kano, Katsina, Kebi, Bonu, Kumbe, mm-hmm. Yobe and Zamfara refusing to adopt it even if they all adopted it tomorrow okay Thanks. Yeah, on, on the day after tomorrow, which is on Monday, mm-hmm. things will change for years in those states mm-hmm. because. But at least it's there, so there's a framework for, for a Mateba to work with. Mm. Imagine that something like that happens. You don't even have legal backing. You don't. You don't even have legal backing. Yeah. So how am I going to be a champion for a girl or a boy in in uh, Gombe? So, when there's no legal backing for so me. So, dear lawyers of Nigerian Twitter, <laughs> instead of dragging me for dragging your use of the term defilement, you sound hurt. Please go. No, I'm not. I'm trolling them. You, you're sounding very salty. No, no, I'm trolling them. <laughs> uh, please um, start drafting legislation and forward it to your representatives in the National Assembly in those states mm. that do not have child um, child protection laws on they, their books. They, they probably won't even be able to do that because it would mean that they would have to probably have to give up their wives and give up the boys who need to go and beg for arms on their behalf. Yeah, see, that is the thing. So many people benefit. Which is back to the cultural thing. It's back. That's what I said. It, it has to start there. Damn. It has to start there. Mm. And we have so many big cultural reasons. Like, it is culturally, in Nigeria, mm. it is culturally profitable to exploit and harm children. 
Mm. Exploit, harm, enslave, and rape children mm. is profitable in Nigeria. And until we make that not the case, yeah, where it's it's bleak for the Nigerian child. It is really bleak. Do you see us getting? Oh my God! Ten years from now, twenty years from now, what do you what do you see happening for the? Okay, fine, it's too soon. Ten, twenty years is too soon. A hundred years from now for so, the Nigerian child, so it, it could all turn around pretty quickly. How does it? We have how many children in IDP camps? There, there is one. We have how many children out of school? There, see, that's we that's have the how that's many the one. Orphaned children, Andy. See, that's the one low hanging fruit you just mentioned there, which what? is the education, child education. Hmm. If we took child education seriously, mm. that's the one thing that can be done from the top down. Right? That doesn't require like a bottom-up approach. But we have governors building schools everywhere. Yeah, but no, building, building schools is not... And, and we have an upcoming podcast on how primary and secondary education doesn't work in Nigeria. Right. And one of the things we're going to point out is that our, our rulers think... That building schools, building schools is education, education yeah. and that's part of the problem. Yeah, but building schools is a big part of it, but it's not the essential part of it. Mm. And yeah, once we have state, local, and federal governments serious mm-hmm. about education at that level, mm-hmm. you could have a turnaround in child education mm. within a decade. We've seen other countries do it, mm. and when you have that, that changes the dynamic of things a lot mm. in, in, the very, in a pretty short can period. You, can you think of a, a country that that's done it? We will discuss that in the podcast of how primary education in Nigeria works. <laughs> okay, well, um, the thing about this conversation is that it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's um, a, a subject that comes up again and again and again and again. So I'm pretty sure this conversation will come up on Twitter again. Speaking of Twitter, one of my favorite authors, um, Nathan John, um, he's, he's second to Andy before you bite my head off. No, I was just going to shout out El Nathan John. Okay, cool. One of my favorite authors shared this um, um, diagram that is supposed to help you figure out if you are a slave owner. Because I can hear women listening to this podcast and they're like, no, I treat the person right. No, they are, they they have their own room. They have privacy. They can go out when they want. No, 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 no. Or no, why would they go out when they want? They have a child to mind. If they are going out when they want, who will be minding the child? You know, making all of those arguments. So here's a little something to help you decide if you are a slave owner help you answer that question for you so question number one is your live-in or other domestic worker a minor now a minor is anybody under 18 don't forget that we started this podcast by defining who a child is so is your live-in or other domestic worker a minor whether they are your relative or not can be a cousin your brother's sister's husband's daughter's son doesn't matter in my mind's eye i'm seeing like all the like you know like in the x-men i'm seeing all the houses in nigeria right now they're all lit lit up and okay the ones with the livings where the livings are not minors a few lights just switched off but yeah many lights are still on many lights all right well if the answer to that question is yes you are a bloody slave owner wow you need to stop lots of lights you need to seek forgiveness and examine your shitty life choices slavery everywhere slavery everywhere all right question number two okay clear those ones 
does your living worker, your domestic worker, whether living or not, receive a salary through a third party who claims to be keeping it for him or her? Ooh, some lights came back on over there. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing some lights in Port Harcourt, lights in Benin. Oh, wow. Lots of lights in Lagos. Wow. F- wow. Lagos, never, Lagos has never had this much electricity. Okay. <laughs> never. Oh, okay. If your answer to that is yes, yep. You are a bloody slave owner. Wow, more slavery in Lagos than in Kentucky. You need to stop, seek forgiveness, and examine your shitty life choices. Oh, yeah. Now, the final question that will help you answer the question, are you a slave owner? Mm. Is your domestic worker, living or otherwise, forced to worship where or how you worship? Wow, Nigeria just got 15 billion megawatts. Every household in Nigeria just lit up. Oh my lord, we need Abraham Lincoln. Only, only on his eighth can save all the slaves. If your answer is yes, then yep, you are a bloody slave owner. You need to stop, seek forgiveness. Examine your shitty life choices. Do you know a lot of people who have been 100% agreeing with us throughout this podcast yeah. just called you a devil just now. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> eh? So, so, while I've been going to Assemblies of God, mm. she will now go to Baptist? She'll be a Muslim. No. Or she'll be a traditionalist. No, that one is, see, what the, some people will say, oh, no, no, that one we can understand. Mm. I know, allow her to go to, if she's a Muslim, that could be a Muslim. But if she's a fellow Christian like me, why would she not attend the same denomination what as me? What if, like, I am a traditional worshipper? Oh, oh, first of all, eh, do you know how many people will al- allow a traditional worshipper <laughs> to <laughs> Yo, I go to church with you and I'm still a witch. What? No, that oh um, yes, some of these children yes they go to the same church with you, and it's in that church you have some man come and say, yeah, she's, a witch, yes. she's the reason your family is not progressing. No, but really, I mean, the very idea. You know, we're going to talk about this eventually, mm. like you know, um, when we uh, when we are not in the country and we can face the Nigerian churches. <laughs> An edition of the podcast. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about this eventually at some point. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, how religion in Nigeria works. Y'all are waiting for me to say, but doesn't. <laughs> Don't you wish me well? Don't you wish me well? Anyways, if your answer to any of the questions we just asked um were no, then you are all right. Please don't ever, 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 ever backslide. Yeah, don't ever backslide. Ever. Don't become a slave owner. I know, you know, it's it happens casually yeah. to most people. Mm. Most people don't even think about it. You know, they don't enter into this thing wanting to harm a child. Be slave, and owners. Be slave owners. But know what it is. Understand what it is. You know, and let us all as a society be part of the solution mm. by shaming this behavior and not being part of it. Yeah, but at what point do we draw the line between minding my business and interfering when I see a child is being um, um, denied or deprived of their rights? A child being denied or deprived of their rights is our business. Hmm. Simple as that. Hmm. Every child, everywhere. Hmm. So if I see that my neighbor is being a total... A total... I can't. Can I? Is this? Do we swear on this podcast? Yes. Okay. So a total 
bastard. Is that a swear? <laughs> with um, the child who's living with them, with a cousin, with a random person gotten from some village. As a regular Nigerian, I'm supposed to go over to their house and say stop or go over to their house with some police or go over to their house with some agency who's supposed to protect that child. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. The possibilities. Yes. I just had the mental image of you going over to your neighbor's house with the police hmm. and then you end up being the one getting arrested by those police. <laughs> because this is Nigeria. Oh my God. The work is daunting. The work that needs to be done is yes, daunting. Yes, it is. It is. But the kids... Because how do you re-engineer the police to know that, yo, when I invite you over to my house, you need to do some saving instead of, ah, madam, why carry us call intervene? Or are you for disturbing police? You're arrested. <laughs> It's it's like it's it's an uphill thing and it's really depressing. But the kids the kids deserve better. Yes, they do. And they deserve for all of us to like face this hard thing and if, if and break it. If you're going to be defensive, because I, I I have a feeling we touched on a lot of toes today. Yeah. But if you're going to be defensive, we would, we invite you to go back to the beginning of the, this podcast when we listed the rights of a child. Can you go over them again, Andy? For the benefit of someone who's right now saying, no, I'm not this thing that you people have described. No, my help. That you're even calling them help is a problem to begin yes. with. Yes. Let's, let's make that very clear. Yes, that's right. That you're even referring to them as help is, pro- is problematic yes, to begin with. They're, they're not the help. No, they're your, they shouldn't they're, be the They're help. your ward. The help should be somebody that you're paying. An adult. An adult, someone who's older than 18. Yes. That's the help. That's the person that should be in your house. If someone in your house is less than 18 and you're referring to that person as a help, you're a slave owner. Yes. Because you think about it, even slave owners in America allowed some of their slaves to go to school and dress nice and speak English and have a decent room. Didn't take away, doesn't take away from the fact that those, those people were still, still slaves. slaves. Because they did not enjoy the same rights that free people enjoyed. That's right. So let's go over that list again. The rights okay. of the child. <laughs> so that you know what you're doing with, first of all, your own child and your ward. The right to be alive. The right to a name, officially recognized by the government. The right to an identity, an official record of who the child is. The right to live with their parents, unless it is bad for them. The right to live with a family who cares for them. That's you who's calling them a help. And who said that their family is bad for them. Their family is bad for them because their family cannot provide basic things like maybe food and shelter and an education. And you have come and said, I will provide these things. And then you take that child and you do not care for that child. You are depriving that child of their basic rights. The right to be protected from kidnapping. The right to give their opinion and for adults to listen and take it seriously. <laughs> I never had that right. <laughs> well, I had right to my opinion. <laughs> but I'm not sure it was ever taken seriously. I didn't have a right to my opinion. I didn't have opinions. I shut up my mouth. Mm. But yes, important stuff. The right to choose your own religion. The right to choose their own friends. As long as it's not and set up groups, as long as it's not harmful to others, the right to privacy, right to information. I'm almost thirty. 
and I still don't have privacy in my mother's house. The right to be protected from being hurt and mistreated in body or mind. So how are you punishing that child in your care? The right to have special care and help if they cannot live with their parents. Is what you are providing that child in your home special care and help? The right to care and protection if they are adopted or in foster care. Mm. Also you. The right to special protection if they are refugees. The right to special education and care if they have a disability. The right to the best health care, safe water to drink, nutritious food, clean and safe environment. So where is the child sleeping? In the kitchen. Where is the, what is the child eating and drinking? Leftover food. The right to help from government if they are poor or in need. So what stop is government saying, doing for those children? Stop saying it's not a family. Stop saying it's family matters. Mm-hmm. Please. Yes, police, you are government. Mm-hmm. Right to a good quality education. Again, government, we're looking at you. Mm-hmm. Right to practice their own culture, language, and religion. The right to play and rest. I know a family where they had two helps. Both helps from a different tribe from than they were. It was of it was a huge crime for them to speak their language. You dared not. Oh, you want to? You're planning to take all my property and run away. You're planning to kidnap my children. If you ever speak this language again that I don't understand, you see yourself. Enslaved black people in the United States were beaten for speaking the African languages, mm. killed oftentimes. The right to play and rest are those. The children living in our homes are allowed to play and rest while they work. Are they working till they drop down fatigue at midnight? Mm. The right to protection from drugs and from the drug trade. The right to be free from sexual abuse. The right to protection from any kind of exploitation. What we even have is the child getting abused and being blamed for seducing your husband and trying to break your home. And being sent away from the house. So, so 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 think about the magnitude of what you've done to that child. First, she was raped by your husband or your son or the driver or somebody else in that house. But instead of punishing the rapist, you say to her, she caused it. You say to her that she's trying to break up your home. You say to her that she should get out. You say to her that she's the problem instead of your husband, son, or other words who cannot keep it in their pants. The right to be protected from cruel or harmful punishment. Are you the kind of slave owner who pounds pepper and puts it and puts it in uh, the helps private parts in their genitals? Yes, we heard, we've heard stories. Are you the kind of help who will flog them so badly we can see their bone? Are you the kind of slave owner who will starve them for days? Who will make them eat soured food? Are you the kind of slave owner who would... <sighs> we, have, we, we, we know of men who will, who will not touch their children, but will beat up the boy living with them same age as their children, beat him with closed fists, beat him till both his eyes closed black. You have the right, they have the right to legal help and fair treatment in the justice system. So the justice system 
that tells them that it's a family affair. Tells them that they were defiled. And tells them that they should obey, they should be grateful and obey those who have given them an opportunity in life. A roof over their head, food to eat. And they have the right to know their rights. Okay, and that's it. That's where we wrap up today's episode of How Nigeria Works. But really fucking doesn't. <laughs> Andy, please follow us on socials. Uh, How Nigeria Works, but doesn't. Um, listen to our previous podcast. We talked about Nigeria at 58. And if you haven't listened to all the other podcasts that we have done, please listen as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Until the next one, my name is Sandra. I'm Andy. And we're on social media. SSEquasily is my Twitter handle. At AndyRoyd. Oh, but you lawyers already knew that. <laughs> Stop leaving our lawyers alone. <laughs> Until the next one, bye. Bye.